Hello, everyone, and welcome to the IoT for All podcast, the number one publication and resource for the Internet of Things. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon. If you are watching this on YouTube, we would truly appreciate it if you would give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel if you have not done so already. Today's episode is a good one. We have two guests from EdgeX. We have the CEO, Benjamin Thomas, and Delano Seymour, the CTO, on here to talk about a number of fantastic topics. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with EdgeX, they are an intelligent edge operating system and computing platform that makes it easy to write, deploy, and execute applications using serverless computing to increase responsiveness and security. Um, so we talk about a number of different topics here. We talk about me- mesh compute, storage role, why it matters. We talk about what serverless IoT is, um, why it's important, how serverless at the edge is shaping the future of computing and the Internet of Things industry, um, benefits from that applications can get from being um, serverless at the edge, and a major challenge we're seeing in the space and in the current landscape kind of going forward when it comes to platform tools and things like that. So um, all in all, great conversation. Uh, the end of it, we dive into biggest growth drivers in the space. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, but yeah, overall, fantastic conversation with both Benjamin and Delano. I, and I really implore you to listen to the whole thing. I think you get a lot of value out of it. But before we get into it, if you out there are looking to enter the fast growing and profitable IoT market, but don't know where to start, Check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Benjamin Delano, thank you both so much for taking time today to be on be on the IoT for All podcast. Welcome to have you. Great to be here, Ryan. And it's great to be here. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And obviously, Benjamin, this is your second appearance on one of our shows. So welcome back. And um, let's go ahead and start off by having you both do a quick introduction about yourself to, and uh, give any kind of background information you think will be relevant to our audience. Um, Benjamin, we'll start with you and then Delano, we'll throw it over to you. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Uh, my name is Benjamin Thomas. I'm the CEO of EdgeX and I'm a serial entrepreneur and um, I joined the company a few months ago and I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. Great to have you. Yes, and my name, yes, and my name is Delano Seymour, and I am the CTO of EdgeX. Uh, been involved in a lot of different startups, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have both of you. Um, I would love it if perhaps Benjamin, you wouldn't mind giving a quick overview of of the company, kind of the role you all play in the space. Talk about kind of the story behind the company, just kind of at a high level, just to catch our audience up if they may be unfamiliar. Yeah, no, thanks, Ryan. Um, EdgeX is an, an intelligent Uh, edge operating system uh, that makes it easy to write, deploy, and execute applications um, using, you know, serverless technology to um, increase responsiveness, security um, uh, to the edge. And so uh, what we have is an edge mesh network of microcompute and storage nodes uh, that um, uh, really uh, provide uh, compute and storage in a mesh network uh, that can be uh, in the data center or at the far edge Mm. and enables uh, companies to deploy IoT sensors, um, accelerate content, um, and build applications very quickly. Fantastic. And do you all have a focus from a a target industry standpoint or use cases that you kind of mainly are operating in, or is it it much more kind of horizontal and you kind of agnostic to all that? Well, we're a platform, so we can work across any industry. Right. Um, th- what we're seeing uh, right now is anything moving, uh, anything um, 
you know, remote outside of uh, cities, um, anything that is, um, you know, very sensor heavy. Sure. Uh, that seems to be where we're getting the most traction. Fantastic. Uh, and, and you mentioned um, kind of mesh computing, and I, I thought maybe I could throw it over to Delano for a second and just talk about what exactly that is and what role does it play in the IoT space? Why does it matter? Why should people pay attention to it? And um, kind of just, just go from there. All right. So mesh compute is our way of delivering on something that we're probably kind of familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, you've had mesh networks in the past. And in a mesh network, you will have many different uh, wireless access points that work together to create a network in a surrounding area. But we do something very, very similar. Uh, we take compute and we deliver compute in exactly the same way. We have many nerds that span the globe in different areas and they talk to each other independently in a decentralized way. And therefore, we can provide a compute platform that is, in a, that is uh, across the area that you live or wherever you are. And at a high level, can you talk about kind of the benefit and value of doing that? Well, so some of the benefits of doing that is one, you get a, a nerd or a server or compute unit close to you. Uh, you'll sure. be able to compute on that nerd as you move from one state to another state. It right. moves with you. Follow, it's like that follow the sun idea. Um, also, our, our developers can write code once and have that code delivered globally. So their code can be used anywhere and everywhere in the world. Fantastic. And the other topic that um, Benjamin mentioned, serverless and talking about kind of serverless IoT, which I know was a conversation Benjamin and I had before in our previous um, conversation. But from your perspective, can you talk a little bit about first at a high level, what it actually means um, serverless and serverless IoT and why it's important um, and kind of just kind of like as we were talking about mesh compute here? Yes. So serverless, of course, has servers, but the serverless part of that nomenclature is for the developer themselves. They don't have to deal with or think about or configure any service. Uh, all of those servers are something that we take care of and our platform takes care of. Now, we've done it in a way where our platform takes care of that in an, in an autonomous way. Okay. So people, we don't have a lot of people running around adding new service to the network. It's all autonomous. And each of those nodes in our network talk to each other on a peer-to-peer -peer network. So right. they can communicate from node to node to deliver that service to you. Fantastic. And, and Benjamin, let me ask you from your, from your side of things, um, as you look at the market um, and the current state of IoT, how does serverless kind of at the edge really, how do you see it shaping the future of IoT kind of and the computing that's being done there and just, just, just from a general sense? Well, look, I mean, I think the IoT industry is um, very much focused on serverless uh, because, um, you know, you think about you're, you're, you're putting an appliance or a sensor or something on the edge, right. and that's a lot to think about already. And so if you can reduce the uh, complexity of your stack by um, using serverless technology, where you don't happen to think about uh, virtual machines or Kubernetes or the scaling piece right. of it. I think that's why the IoT industry has adopted serverless for the most part as their platform mm -hmm. of choice. Uh, and um, But of course, not all serverless platforms are built the same way, right. but certainly uh, I think the IoT industry 
is embrace serverless um, in a big way uh, just because uh, they're already doing something hard. They've got something sure. moving around. Uh, it's a drone or you know, driverless cars or, or sensors that are in, in weird locations. And so it's already pretty complex. And so making the stack overall easier to manage uh, with fewer people is something that um, you know reduces the risk of, of IoT implementations. Yeah, and kind of um, tag on to that, I wanted to ask you if you could elaborate a little bit more on kind of the benefits of building applications using serverless at the edge computing. Um, you kind of just hinted at one there at the end of that kind of statement, but just generally speaking, what are the other benefits that people should be thinking about when it comes to um, utilizing and implementing this technology? Well, a big benefit is, is simply reducing um, the number of people required to maintain the application. Sure. And so, you know, if you think about um, the, the traditional way that software has been built, you start with a server, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it could be a physical server. It could be a virtual machine. Uh, and then you start thinking about, okay, what's our database stack? What's our middleware stack? And uh, there's a lot of choices uh, that have to be uh, made uh, to develop software and so it just adds to the complexity. You need more people uh, mm -hmm. to manage the application. And um, you also pay um, for that, you know, for that server, whether you're using it or not. Right. And so there's some costs built in there, too. And so I think that uh, it's really about uh, reduction in the DevOps um, uh, maintenance team, as well as, uh, you know, paying for what you use instead mm -hmm. of paying for a whole infrastructure that, you know, may or may not get a lot of traffic. Sure, sure. And how does your all's offering um, kind of fit into the current landscape of of these platforms and tools? And kind of how does it differentiate? And and what are the you know what? How should people kind of view it? And as as it currently stands. Well, look, I think a big differentiator is what uh, Delano alluded to earlier, which is we're a peer to peer architecture, right. and so. Um, why does that matter? Uh, it matters because IoT is at the edge by definition. And so uh, if, if, if a serverless platform is built in a very centralized way, mm -hmm. uh, then you, know, you may not have um, the best response, the fastest response. You may not have the flexibility of being able to connect, for instance, your sensor directly to uh, the compute node. And so the peer-to-peer -peer aspect is also important because you know, the edge is a messy place. Um, yeah. It could be on a, a tower. It could be on a rooftop. It could be on a street corner, you know, in a traffic control box. And these are places that are not um, necessarily temperature controlled. Uh, they're subject to the elements. And so um, it requires different a different way of handling it to make sure that those computers uh, stay up or more importantly, your application stays up in the event of you know, a, uh, a, an accident or lightning strike or drunk driver or whatever else uh, knocks out the actual box. Right. And so that's a different architecture entirely from, you know, traditional centralized uh, systems that really rely on, um, you know, protected data center environments that are temperature controlled, that have, um, you know, access to the data center with badges Right, and right. they achieve uh, security and, and, and through, you know, very traditional centralized methods. And Absolutely. so it's a totally different architecture that, uh, frankly, enables uh, use cases that um, 
that people are just now starting to realize uh, are available. And what are some of those use cases, if you wouldn't, um, if you mind following up on that? Well, sure. I mean, think about think about a drone. I mean, a drone is a flying object that automatically, you know, that by definition is a, cum- a, a communicating over the air. Right. And so, anytime you're communicating over the air, um, there's latency involved. And so, as the drone flies away from the data center location, um, there's a the latency will go up. It's just linear. Sure. Uh, and so, um, you know, you think about to to achieve. Um, you know, uh, something that's other than line of sight for a drone that requires a network of nodes uh, at, that span outside of the data center in a whole city, for instance. Sure. And so that's one example of where, um, you know, you have a, a latency uh, over the air communication that needs to be managed through a mesh network of compute and storage. Fantastic. Um, well, I wanted to throw it back over to, to Delano real quick. And from the tech side of things, the developer side of things in the IoT space um, and, and pivot and talk about the major challenges that you all have seen developers really face in the space and kind of advice you have for overcoming those challenges. Um, again, from more of the, the technical perspective that developers are kind of working in every day. Well, uh, most developers have to... Um write the code, and then deploy that code somewhere. Hmm. That deployment option takes time. Sure. Uh, you might have to write deployment code. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, you have to think about your system being online no matter what happens, whether you get a burst of customers, whether something else, uh, like a bug or something else, comes into your system. But right. we can sort of help to take away some of those problems sure. uh, by removing the need even to do deployment uh, the deployment is very quick, very simple. Uh, it's basically just a click away. Uh, also, the maintenance of the system. The system's autonomous. So because that system is autonomous, uh, you can rest assured that your code will be available and right. online and secured without you having to worry about it. And from your perspective, I know they kind of asked this question already to, to Benjamin, but from the technical perspective and as more of the technical audience watches this or listens to this episode, one of the questions I'm sure they're going to have is how what you all have really differs from existing serverless platforms and kind of how you what you feel is kind of your secret sauce that you're obviously willing to publicly talk about and really what separates you, you out from maybe other platforms out there. Not so much like in a sales pitchy way, but just out of curiosity, kind of what, what, what's unique about what you all have built and kind of your approach more on the technical side of things. Right. So I would say the biggest thing is what we call EdgeNet. Um, okay. We call it EdgeNet because it's a network that spans all of the different nodes across the world, right? And each of these nodes communicate with each other, not necessarily with a centralized system. So whenever someone does something as simple as upload a file, mm. uh, we can then take that file and break it down into blocks and then deliver, push those blocks to one node. And then sure. that node gossips to all of the other nerds and says, hey, we have a block. Uh, do you guys have a copy? Do you need a copy? Right. And it can then deliver that block to all the nerds that request it. And then as people are trying to access that data, let's say you're in India on one week and then you're in Bermuda on the next week, uh, the nerds in India could talk to the nerds in Bermuda and say, hey, I have this person who's requesting a particular piece of data. Please send me that data. Send me a copy of that data. 
Well, in a in a centralized way or centralized serverless mm -hmm. system, all of the data is generally in one geographic location. And therefore, yes, it makes it easy to move data around in that data center. But what right. about when I move from one country to another country and halfway around the world, of course. right? How do I get that data over to that country in a way that's fast and mm -hmm. my latency doesn't get um, um, sort of abused or, or, or my latency is still high, right? So, so that's some of the main advantages of using an edge platform, edge computing platform. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Uh, Benjamin, let me ask you this. It's a little bit higher level question, but from your perspective, how, what are some of the biggest drivers of, of growth, not just for, for your all as a company, but also that you're seeing take place in the IoT space when it comes to adoption and uh, adoption of, of these types of uh, kind of edge computing serverless platforms, but at the same time, like just generally IoT technologies and solutions, what are you seeing as some of the biggest drivers of growth? And and we're going to break down even further, what are some of the biggest drivers that relate directly to what you all do that's really helping drive things forward as a, as a company? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think um, we have a, we have a, a, a statement that uh, we've started to incorporate when we talk to people. Uh, when is late wrong? Mm. And what I mean by that is late is wrong when you're dealing with things like Vision Zero, which is reducing traffic fatalities. Sure. And um, you need um, your sensor on the edge to have very fast response time and be able to react to changing conditions uh, in front of the sensor. And so, you know, when we're working with a client right now that's developing a, a very advanced gunshot detection system, mm -hmm. and currently late is very wrong because yeah, right. uh, someone will, uh, you know, get shot at and uh, that data is analyzed and two months later, uh, they can tell you, um, you know, what kind of weapon fired uh, from mm -hmm. what direction. Mm -hmm. Well, late is very wrong because, you know, that that you can't bring that person back from the dead. And right. so uh, if we can do real-time analytics uh, at the edge, uh, that is a hugely important development, not only for safety, but also just for communication with moving things. And mm -hmm. so you think about driverless cars, um, late is very wrong. A car right. can crash. A person could die because, uh, you know, you don't have uh, real time uh, on the fly analysis of sure. uh, the sensor data, uh, the environmental data, uh, the fact that a, a light, you know, changed uh, that, that, you know, maybe was on a remote control with an emergency responder. You know, those are the kinds of things where late is very wrong and late mm -hmm. could equal uh, death or could equal the destruction of property. Right. Uh, right. And so, uh, you know, what we see is, uh, you know, peer-to-peer -peer edge networking and mesh computing really opens up um, a whole new ability. You know, when we go to conferences and, and we, we look at the tools available right now um, for intelligent infrastructure, what have you, most of those tools are looking back. They look mm -hmm. at data, they right. analyze it, they bring it to the cloud, and then they tell you, um, here's what we could have done better. I think the future applications are actually going to do real-time analytics, real-time processing, and you know, give give the uh, the answers in real time. And yep. this has to happen very quickly. You know, the human eye can see 150 milliseconds. That's when we think it's good, and a website's fast enough at 150 milliseconds. Hmm. But machines operate in terms of some sometimes single-digit milliseconds. Right. And you know, whether it's a heavy sensor that's 
putting off a lot of data that has to be analyzed very quickly, sure. or whether it's a machine to machine uh, or mobility application from vehicle to cell phone tower, you know, these are very fast transactions. And so, you know, that's really where we start to shine is when late is wrong mm. and we need low latency, real-time analysis. And, and how do you kind of see this space evolving um, kind of in the coming months to years? Um, you, you kind of talked a little bit there about some, some future things that, that could possibly happen, but where do you, from your all's perspective, where do you see this space going? I've, it seems like a very rapidly growing space and becoming more and more important every day to enable a lot of these use cases that we're talking about now. But just in, from a general sense, where do you kind of see the evolution of the space and, and what are you most excited for um, when it comes to these technologies? Well, I think a big driver is just the IoT spending. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when we looked at the market and, and you know, frankly, uh, IoT is expected to be half a trillion dollars globally in the next uh, three to four years. Right. And it's interesting because edge computing is actually growing, uh, you know, at 50% a year. It's going to go from six and a half billion dollars last year to almost 90 billion in a few years. Right. And so what's really driving that is. IoT is very much an edge use case overall. Not not all IoT, but mm. a big chunk of it is something at the edge, kicking off data, something moving, like we said earlier, with cars moving around that are right. that don't have an operator. Uh, their operator is a computer, for instance. And so we see a lot of, uh, of brand new things that um, are are we're running into new use cases every single day. But, you know, when you look at IoT spending that's exploding and also edge computing that's exploding even faster, that should tell you that the demand for edge computing is really being driven by yeah. IoT. Sure. I completely agree with you. It's, it's, um, I've heard very similar sentiments from a lot of the other experts I've interviewed, but not, not too many of them are as close to this as you are, um, nor are they building a, 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 an edge computing serverless platform. Um, but there does really seems to be a lot of agreement that this is the future that the industry is heading. Um, it seems like you guys are in a very good spot to take advantage of that growth that um, we all see is projected in the industry, which, which makes it even more exciting. Um, as Before we wrap up here, I wanted to ask um, Delano, on the, on the technical side, when you work with developers, um, how do developers kind of approach or how do you all approach the onboarding process of developers? And for those listening, how can they learn about that process and potentially um, explore your all's offerings and, and kind of get in touch there? Yeah, so what we do, we help developers to first realize that what they're doing with uh, EdgeX is very similar to what they're used to doing uh, in a cloud platform. Okay. But but the back end, the, the stuff in the back is what's different. So onboarding with EdgeX is very simple. I mean, we have a nice website. Uh, you can go to that website. You can click the sign up button uh, mm. and create an account. Once you've got an account, you're basically ready to go. We have documentation okay. on our website as well, which mm. takes you through the steps of creating that first serverless function, for instance. Yeah. And the, and compiling that code down to WASM. We use WebAssembly in how we deliver the serverless compute okay. and then uploading that WASM to our platform. Very yep. simple. It's like uploading a file to a 
to a um you know a, a bucket in any other right uh, so uh you know a storage facility very simple mm -hmm. right and once they upload that file that file is now ready to be used everywhere and anywhere on the planet and mm -hmm. so the onboarding process is very very simple and we right. hope that it's very easy for all our developers to take on that's awesome uh benjamin on on from a more general sense our audience out there who wants to follow up ask questions um learn more about what you have going on what's the best way for them to engage with you and uh and connect well, uh, we recently updated our website. It's uh, okay. edgex.io, edjx.io, and we okay. have very detailed product descriptions and service descriptions. Um, we have forms where if somebody wants to, for instance, host a sensor, um, okay. they can fill out a form and we'll do our best to accommodate them. Um, you know, we've really worked hard over the last several years uh, forming relationships with tower companies, rooftop companies, uh, traffic box companies. And so really we, you know, we, we can get things put up in almost any location. Yep. And so um, what we're seeing now is that um, we're at being asked to, you know, retool some older tools to the platform sure. to take advantage of the capabilities. And we have partners that can help with that. Uh, we're not a software development shop from the standpoint of, you know, we don't have a system integration team that helps uh, port uh, applications over, but we do have uh, very good partners that, that do that every day in and day out uh, that we're working mm -hmm. with, and we can make that uh, easy for the customers as well. That's awesome. Very good. Um, how was, um, by the way, I want to ask you before I let you go here, how, how was, you guys just recently were at an event um, from... I understand uh, the I, with the ITS World Congress. How was that? How how events kind of been? We I haven't, I haven't been to any personally. I know we've had some members of the team attend some that have been really successful. But how's it been for you all? Well, look, we were at ITS World Congress last week in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think it was over ten thousand um, people from all over the world. Okay, uh, you know, Japan, Korea, Taiwan. Um, I mean, everywhere. Uh, and um, we had a great time there. Uh, people were. Um, showcasing their applications that they've been working on for driverless cars, for LIDAR, uh, all the latest and greatest technologies uh, for traffic safety. And man, we just were, we had a, <laughs> we had a, a panel that we uh, stood on with uh, Michelin. Uh, you know, they make tires and, and they rank, they rank restaurants, but they actually also have their own software. And so that was standing room only in that particular panel. We just had a great time, and honestly, we're we're really just uh, excited to follow up with everybody, and 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 you know the eyes were starting to open around, you know, multi-tenancy, for sure. one thing, right? Um, you know, these uh, municipalities and states have been putting up, you know, one computer at a time for one specific function, so we were able to to show them. You don't have to do that. You can put up uh, a computer that can run, you know, thousands of applications mm -hmm. at once and just keep building on that. Right. And then for the sensor companies that were there, we were just showing them a, a new and better way uh, to build and roll out their applications. And so we had tremendous right. response. Fantastic. And do you have plans to attend other events throughout the remainder of the year? Like what's the on the agenda? Yeah, so we're going to be at Edge Compute World and okay. um, in in Silicon Valley here in a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, we're really excited about that. That's almost a whole different uh, kind of core platform 
group versus, sure, you know, sure. specific uh, sector like transportation safety and, and whatnot. But we're going to be there and uh, we're going to have a booth and uh, we're going to be, you know, out there uh, with Sasquatch taking pictures with people and uh, having fun. Fantastic. Well, uh, Benjamin and uh, Delano, thank you both so much for, for taking the time here. It's um, I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since we got scheduled. I think not only what you have going on is very, very important and um, in a very prime spot in the contributing to the growth of, of this industry and the adoption of solutions. But um, uh, the the knowledge you're able to share, I think, is going to be very helpful for our audience. So I want to both or thank you both for your time today. And um, I look forward to hopefully creating more content in the future. And um, I think our audience is getting a lot of value out of this. Thank, thank you, you so much. much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be with you. You as well. Thank you both. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.